People, welcome to the Shubbison Podcast. We're here to Chris J. All the sports and loves me back, people. On my podcast, we discuss the hottest topics in both the NFL and NBA, people. Please subscribe now and tune in. Again today, my man, Mr. Eddie, the guy knows knows the sports. My guy, my right hand man, he is that dude back on the show today. <laughs> my man, how you doing? Came back from Cancun on vacation. Yeah, man, it was fun, man. It was fun, man. I'm, I'm glad to be back on the show once again because you know my man. guy, Chris J. Every time we go on the show, it's some great stuff that happens. So I'm just I'm just warning you guys, man. Stay tuned for another great show once again. Stay tuned with you, man. I'm jealous you in a whole whole island vacation. <laughs> well, you where you living good, man. Eat good, vacation, jet skiing, Yo. all this like reflayers say jet flying, jet skiing, doing all this then the third. Woo! Yeah, it was with fun, bro. It was fun. Oh you know, yeah, man. it was all fun. You gotta do hey, one. Hey man, bro. so what y'all doing Cancun, man? Well, all y'all did. So we did some jet skiing, right? For the you know, for people who swim and can't swim, did some of that. Uh, did some some great activities like ATV riding. That was kind of tough to do, but I, I didn't have no brakes on my ATV, so it was kind of <laughs> tough to maneuver it. But it was okay, you know. And I we also did some zip lining too. That was pretty peaceful, pretty nice to do. Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of heights, but. That one I was pretty fine. I'm not surprised, but you know, I was pretty fine. <laughs> I feel with that. you, man. That's dope, but that's that's very dope, man. Happy to hear, you know what I'm saying? You're doing good, man. Great vacation. Now you're back on the grind talking about sports and yes, living your life and grinding. So yes, we gotta sir. get to the sports world, man. So much stuff going on. And of course, you know, in the NFL it was breaking news. I think last night or this morning, Aaron Donald got a new contract. He will now be making $95 million over the next three years. He, they up his raise from $40 million. Mr. Aaron Donald, he's the highest paid non-quarterback in the history of the NFL. What should, just tell me what your thoughts about Aaron Donald and just the contract itself. Ring me. That's what I got to say. Ring <laughs> me. You know, that's my, that's Aaron Donald's speech right there. Ring me. But anyways, Aaron Donald is a beast, man. We, we just know that whenever it comes to the men, and the grown men. It's not too many grown men on that field. And Aaron Donald is probably the only grown man I see. Maybe him and Khalil Mack in his back in the days. But Aaron Donald is a grown man, all right? And he does his job very unstoppable. Cannot put a body on him at all. You need at least three people to block him, if I'm being honest, if you're lucky. You know, and this guy, he works hard. If you see his training, video, his training videos on Instagram and the way he works, the way he puts in the grind. I mean, just one of the videos was just him uh uh, throwing hands out of knives and stuff like that. It's crazy. So I respect it. I really do. And it shows on the field of what he can do when it comes to putting pressure on the QB, just being able to stop the run, doing all the basics right, and being an impact for your team that can lead you to bigger and better things, right? He was one of the main causes. He was the cause as to why they won the Super Bowl last year because of that last play, the pressure, and that all hard work off the season is getting put into the off season. I mean, into the uh, the postseason, and that's why you saw him get that ring and, and take the Rams home. 
but that was a great contract. I think that whenever you give a guy like that that much money, it's worth it because he he puts in the work. He's a very much a leader in that locker room, and also he's just a guy that you want to have in a team when it comes to like offense on the field. I agree, man. Aaron Donald, he is the man amongst boys. He is a man amongst men, the man. He's like the movie Top Gun, Top oh, Gun yeah. Maverick. He's the top, on top of the food chain. He's been the best athlete player in the National Football League for the past four to five years. On Madden, his rating has been 99 the past couple of years. He's a beast. He's unstoppable. You can't stop Aaron Donald, and he's well-deserved of that because really just his consistency, his greatness, you have to pay him because mm. he was talking about retiring, you know, I'm 31, been league, eight oh, years, yeah. I'm about to retire, hang it up. I'm looking like, why retire? He basically telling his team, his team, I want more money, give me a new contract. And basically, that's what they did, and he's deserving of it because he is the man. And, like, watching him play, I never seen, um, I forgot his name, um, Lawrence Taylor. Never seen Lawrence Taylor play. People say Lawrence Taylor, he's the uh, the best, probably the, a player ever, far as great, great football. But I've never seen Lawrence Taylor. I've seen Aaron Donald. Mm. Aaron Donald, he is a monster. And, like, he's the best defensive player I've ever seen in my lifetime. And I've seen some great players. Oh, yeah. Aaron Donald, it just, you can't stop him. His greatness is just unmatched. What he's done in eight seasons, like, his resume speaks for itself. And oh, so yeah. it just, he's, I mean, the money's definitely worth it. And so he got his money with Aaron Donald. So kudos to him and his family. It's well-deserved, you know, definitely. It is well-deserved. And and when you look at Aaron Donald, like, he really takes a playoff. That's the biggest thing, man. You see a guy that he has it all. He has all the intangibles, has all the measurables to be a big factor on the field. And he has that motive to keep on going every single down. That's a big thing because you never want to have a case of a guy who can be a drama queen and, you know, he, he feels as like he's bigger than the team. I feel like when you look at Aaron Donald, he's never a case of being bigger than the team. He always wants to lead his team to the promised land. That's what he did last season. But ultimately, when it comes down to Lawrence Taylor and that comparison, he's our Lawrence Taylor for this year, for the generation, right? He's, he's that unstoppable. Now, as you mentioned before, I haven't really seen Lawrence Taylor play ever in my lifetime either but i know that if he's being compared to the likes of taylor when he was dominant and there's some people that say that he's better than lawrence taylor when he was playing in his prime so that's just great category to be in that's great company to be in and aaron donald i think that those rumors about him retiring and all that kind of stuff listen if we're being honest aaron donald could play for about five more years about being great and dominance and then after that he could play to be in an average to above average lineman. Like, he is that good, if I'm being honest. So people have to be wary about where, whether or not he plays and how long he's going to stay on the field because this guy can be dominant for a long time, a long time. I agree, man. He's he's different. You know, watching that Super Bowl, that, one, that fourth thing, fourth, thing, fourth down, mm-hmm. Aaron Donald got the stop, got that ring, you know, and really his resume is there. And so, man, great for him. He's a great man. And I'm, I'm asking you this question, too. Now since the Rams re-signed Aaron Donald, they've had a good offseason. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts about the Rams so far? And are they the favorites in the NFC? Because the NFC really, outside of Tampa, I feel like that's their biggest challenge because the Packers lost two of their key receivers. They got like a new team, young faces. 
really, I feel like now with Aaron Rodgers, you don't know. And, you know, the Cowboys, you got certainty, the Cardinals. Like, it's just different now. Really, I feel like in the NLC, it's just really a two-team race, in my opinion, between the Rams and the Buccaneers Tom Brady. But what's your thoughts about the Rams and their chances of going back to the big dance next season? Well, when it comes to the NFC, I think that they've done the best job so far of at least maintaining that talent that they have and also bringing in more talent. We can't forget about Bobby Wagner. That is a big, huge addition. You look at the whole entire NFC, and I say to myself, what has any playoff team from last year really done to give themselves hope of contending against the Rams? You mentioned Buccaneers. That's a good call. Um, they do have Tom Brady. When you ever have Tom Brady, you have a chance to win it all, right? And you do have some players that decided to come back to the Buccaneers to give themselves a chance to win. Ryan Jensen, Carlton Davis, those kind of players. But you mentioned before about the Packers. The Packers, to me, are, are a team that's going to be a good playoff team a good regular season team. But when it comes down to the big and best moments, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is that guy, but I'm not sure if he can really do so when we look at this receiving core that's now unproven. Alan Lazard, Christian Dotson, like all these guys, I'm not too sure. So their division has even gotten worse, the Cardinals. I'm not like this whole controversy about Kyle Murray, whether or not he's going to be in OTAs or not. You know, that whole contract situation right there. They don't really have the team depth, as I mentioned before, that they don't have that to contend for the bigger and better moments. So I'm not too con, too keen on them going back to any parts of being a relevant team next season. Seahawks, rebuilding. You know, San Francisco for Niners, rebuilding kind of. Not really rebuilding, but Trey Lance is supposed to be the guy. He's going to be a rookie next year, quote unquote. So we'll see how he plays. Everything is clear and lined up for the Rams to get back to the Super Bowl. And their only competition will be whoever comes out of the AFC. But they won't have to deal with that until they get to the promised land. But they have a clear shot. I think it's just going down to beating the Buccaneers and seeing if they can get past them and Tom Brady once again. But Matt Stafford has proven that he can get past Tom Brady. So it just comes down to that last game. Can they beat the Buffalo Bills, the Chiefs, anybody in that in that AFC uh, West division, as far as I'm concerned, you know. Uh, but that's the pretty much basis of what's going on. It's going to go down uh, in the next couple of months. I agree, man. I feel like the Rams right now, of course, them having that, Super Bowl owner, like that show that pressure's off their shoulders now. So I feel like now they're just playing. They're adding more to the pieces. They're a team that's back in, in contending for a title. So, so I feel like they're right there. And so really the matter thing is now just can they stay healthy? Because last mm -hmm. year the Bucks won a title during the regular season. They had injuries all through the year. So mm -hmm. really can the Rams maintain their the, the help on their side because usually sometimes trying to go back to back players get hurt I mean certain things happen players leave but the Rams they really brought everything back and I hopefully they bring OBJ back because I feel like he's a Ram in my opinion because I feel like he fits that system that scheme so great in my opinion OBJ and so I feel like if they bring OBJ back and he gets healthy throughout December or something, they can make another deep playoff push and maybe go back to that big dance, go back to that titles. Because the Rams, they have the mojo. They have the confidence right now. So we shall see what happens. Because outside of Tom Brady, I don't see nobody beating them. Because uh, Russell Wilson, he's gone from Seattle. Kyler Murray and Cardinals right now is a question mark as far as his contract. Because he wants long term. But right now, the Cardinals still don't know what's going to happen right now. Yeah. And then with just... Different teams kind of in rebuilding mode. The Cowboys, they're at Dallas. They ain't really do much, to be honest, really. Mm -hmm. So the NFC is really um, kind of just between – it's not really many 
not as dominant as the AFC. The AFC is like seven, eight, or nine, ten teams that's really competitive. Yeah. But you know, I feel like that NFC, we know it's gonna be the Rams or the Bucks if both teams stay healthy. So mm-hmm. we shall see what happens this year. But I'm definitely excited about what's going to transpire this season. Yeah, I, I am too. And also, OBJ is a good shout, by the way. I think that's a really good shout. I just wonder if they're gonna donate any say donate or give that much money to OBJ, whatever the contract may be. After just signing Allen Robinson to that contract, you know, three years, that was also another big addition that I forgot to mention before. That yeah, that is a receiver. great. He's a key receiver. He's a he's a number one receiver for any he team. Is. If I'm being honest, you got, got him. Cup, Cooper Cup. Still, oh my god, and Jefferson hey, still there too. And Jefferson, I love that. I love it right there from weapons. Mm-hmm. And I will say this though, I hate OBJ got hurt in the Super Bowl because yep. he was getting that max contract. I hate he got hurt because mm-hmm. really, in my opinion, if he wouldn't have got hurt. He was going to win the MVP yes. of the Super Bowl. Me too. I hate he got hurt because that hurt his money. Of course, OBJ's made so much money in his career, but nothing wrong making more money. You know, so I just hate he got hurt. Hopefully, the Rams bring him back on like a, I don't know, a veteran deal, one year minimum, try to seek it. He just get back to where he was and then prove Show him once again, hey, I'm OBJ, I'm still here, then get paid next year. So we got to see what happens, but shout out to OBJ, come back to the Rams. Hopefully the Rams want him back and get your money, ball out this year when you come back. And OBJ, get your money, man, you know, mm-hmm. definitely. My man, Eddie, of course you got to switch it up. You know it's the NBA Finals. You know what's going on right now. A series tie 1-1. Golden State lost game one. The fourth quarter by the Celtics, a great fourth quarter. Al Horford, Marcus Smart, and you had just a great performance by the role players. Game two, Golden State adjusted. They played great defense, caused turnovers. Draymond Green flustered Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, the whole team. He basically flustered them, got in their heads, and Golden State dominated game two. Steph Curry, 29 points, hit five threes. Clay Thompson have been struggling, but they won game two. Mm. So what's your thoughts about the finals so far? Because right now, I feel like this series could go six or seven games, in my opinion. Well, I'm, first off, I want to say that I'm not a salty Heat fan, but I am still actively <laughs> rooting against the Boston Celtics for this finals. <laughs> Just saying. All right. It was always going to be Warriors and six for me. I, I still am sticking with that. But if you're Boston and you, you won game one, I think that if you have any type of hope in this series to try and win it, then you're in good shape because you stole one game on the road and it was the first game too. So we go after that first game. You say to ourselves, you know what? Al Horford, Derek White, Marcus Smart, those guys had great games from them from the three-point line, right? That And it doesn't matter what it is in the finals in this case or the playoffs. Like, you want to win a game. It doesn't matter how you do it. You want to win a game, all right? If it's scrappy, if it's shooting lights out, you win that game, it's good because no game is the same from the next. But – we knew that going into game two that that would not be the same case. And what happens, those guys struggle from the three again. Um, they're not really as productive or productive or impactful as you saw in game one. Now, we saw the same thing with Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum played terrible in game one. He played great in game two. But mostly, it comes down to how they're going to defend the Warriors and that um, the screen game, right? The pin downs that we always see the Warriors run every single time, right? Are you going to find ways to go over the screen and contest Force these guys to make tough shots, driving in the lane or top taking some uh, stop jumpers, or 
Are you going to sag off on defense, play back off coverage, and allow these guys to get practice shots every game? Now, we saw most of that in game two for the most part. Saw a little bit of adjustments here and there from Emo Odaka uh, from the first half, but I do like the whole philosophy that the, that the Warriors are playing with right now in regards to Jim on Green just being a bull over there. People call him the NBA fullback right now because that's the way he's playing, playing very physical. And when you come against a team like the Boston Celtics, you have to play physical. You have to play tough, and you have to play with a mentality that you're going to be scrappy and that you are good enough to get in gear with these guys, right? Because that is the biggest thing. They're facing the most physical team so far in the playoffs. So you have to try and match that energy. And so far, I like what they're doing, right? Jamal Green, so many question marks as to whether or not he should have got that second technical foul. I get it. Uh, but for the most part, I love the intensity that he's bringing to the team. That's the biggest difference for me so far. I'm going to say this about a technical foul. You know, I feel like the finals, Draymond knows they're not going to give him a technical foul. And then mm-hmm. what did he do? He just is being Draymond. It's the finals. They're not trying to re- – I don't want to see no ejections, none of that. This is the champion. A title's on the line. No suspensions, no ejections, no nothing. We y'all need to play both teams at full strength because me be honest, Draymond punked out the Celtics in the game too. He he punked them out. He got in their face mm. from 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 the tilt first play. He got on Al Horford, t- grabbed the ball, basically set the tone. Hey, mm. y'all are not finna punk us this game because I'm not letting that happen. That's Draymond's job. Draymond's job is to basically he's the heartbeat of the Golden State Warriors. He's not the best player. But he's the heartbeat. He he's the heart and soul. He keeps them going. He has to be Draymond because Steph Curry, he's not a bad guy. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, uh, Kavon Lonan, the whole Warrior team outside of Draymond, they need a villain. They need someone that's gonna get in people's face and just cuss them out, chunk them off, do what they always do. That's Draymond Green. So mm-hmm. I feel like Draymond, he's mastered what he's supposed to do for the Golden State Warriors. And you need that from Draymond because that's what he does. He can't score, but defense, playmaking, leadership, holding everybody accountable, that's Draymond Green. So hopefully in game three, Boston can kind of counter that and kind of kind of like, okay, Draymond's going to talk smack, but we'll, uh, but we'll let y'all get into your head or we all just keep playing and kind of counter him on that. But my, right now, I feel like Boston's, they're in a good place. Golden State is in a good place. I feel like uh, Golden State, really, outside of that fourth quarter game one, they should be up 2-0 in the series. But yeah. they lost game one because the fourth quarter, quarter they didn't show up to play. And so Boston kind of had a great fourth quarter, made shots. Derrick White, mm. Marcus Smart, Al Horford got hot. Game two, Marcus Smart and Al Horford combined four points. Four yeah. points. Derrick yeah. White was a no-show. And so I feel like Golden State, they're adjusted. So now I think they're going to – can Boston have a, like an adjustment for them too in game three? So I see what's going to happen. Even Udoka, I feel like this too. In, in game three and so on, they got to play better in the third quarter. The third quarter, that's the Warriors quarter. Mm. They are the best third quarter team I've probably ever seen in my life. I've never seen a team – Come out in the third quarter, it's like they come out like an avalanche. They just go crazy in that third quarter. Most of the time, they beat you in that third quarter. So can the Celtics withstand that third quarter avalanche 
and have a counter for it. Because the first two games, Boston's played horrible in that third quarter. So we shall see can they have a counter for that. Because say if they don't have a, a third quarter, Golden State could steal game three or four. That's true. That's true, man. And, you know, you it, it's great because the Warriors are the best in the third quarter. The Celtics are the worst in the third quarter. That is terrible. You cannot have that happen. You know, you come in in the game, you have your energy, you have your, your assignments within the first couple of uh, quarters, right? After halftime, that's when you make the adjustments to make sure that we are staying on track and that we find ways to counter what they have been doing to us the first half. But it's evident that so far this series, the Celtics have, have not been up to the task when it comes to just the adjustment part and having that same energy. And the Warriors, veteran team, a team that knows how to play up to par and play with energy and make those adjustments, they come out firing. And that happened twice already. Now, we, I, don't, I don't want to count the first game so much because, you know, Warriors had the game in the bag. They just missed a lot of shots in the fourth quarter. And Celtics had their other opposite where they were just hitting everything. Al Hover taking over the game. Jalen Brown taking over the game. But – Third quarter is where you can lose the game. In any quarter, you can lose the game, to be honest. But so far, the Celtics are losing the battle in the third quarter. Find a way to come out with that same energy, that same pace, and also just being able to just keep up to par. Like, you cannot have these scoring runs of giving up 17-0 points, 10-0 runs, and expect to win the game. Or expect to make those same shots in the fourth quarter and play some great defense and hope to win a game. It's not going to happen in the long run. I agree, man. I feel like the Celtics, you know, in game two, Golden State had finished on a 19-2 run. If you're Boston, that can't happen. Definitely at home. And really, Boston has not been that good at home. I think their record at home is like 5-4 and four or 4-5, and something like that. They don't have a good record at home, so can they protect home? Because me personally, I think Golden State, they're going to win game three or game four in Boston, and they're going back to Golden State top 2-2. That's just my opinion. I feel like this series will come down to the best two out of three games for winning that series, either game five, six, or seven. And I feel like they're going seven games because I feel like mm-hmm. both teams match up very well. I feel like um, Golden State's not a great team like their old team with Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And I think before KD and Boston, they're a team that's young, but they're still trying to find themselves and they have no experience. So, so that's why I feel like this is going to be a long series because really, well, well, I'll say this. If Klay Thompson can get out of his shooting slump, because the first two games, he's shooting 27% from three. Mm. He's shooting 30% from the field goal. Klay Thompson is shooting horrible, horrendous. So if Klay Thompson can show up, really, I feel like, like if Klay and Steph play great on the same night, be the Splash Brothers, I feel like Boston, that's it. If Clay get going, that's it. It's over. It's a wrap. If Clay get going, I feel like there's nothing Boston can do. Because mm. really, the cheat code is Clay. If Clay can make shots and stealth keep doing what he's doing, man, Boston can't shoot with him. Like that's gonna be it because yeah. that experience gonna kick in. And Jason Tatum, he has to be better. He he has not played a great game. Game two, 28 points, yes. But he had a he had the worst plus minus in in I think in, in finals history in game mm-hmm. two. So I feel like he has to be better on both ends of the floor, and then he got to have a great game both offensively and defensively because like Jason Tatum, he's great, but 
how your favorite player Kobe and you seem like you lack the mentality of Kobe? Like, like what are you doing? Like, come on, bro. Have that more mentality. Like, favorite player Kobe and just like you're not built for these moments. This is Kobe Bryant, your favorite player. Be built for the moments like Kobe. Not mm. saying you be Kobe, be Kobe, but have the mentality of, hey, I'm, a, I'm Tatum. Y'all can't stop me. Go to work. Because sometimes he just, he lets Steph Curry switched on him. Smaller guys on him. He's not taking advantage. Jason, bro, go to work on a smaller guy. Go to work. You Because cause Al Horford, Al Horford is not going to have 26 points a game again for the rest of this series. He's not making six threes again. Game one, that ain't happening no more. Yep. That was the one great game he had. Yes, great game. But for so long, Al Horford is not going to play that well. Not like in game one. Neither is Derek White. Either Derek White or Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, he's a great defensive player. But Smart's not a great offensive player. And then, this too. Man, Jalen Brown, really, if Jalen Brown's a beast, I feel like this. I feel like if Jason Tatum had a mindset like Jalen Brown, because Jalen Brown, he has some dog to about him. Nice. And Tatum, it's like sometimes he has it, but he don't know he had it. So he's just like, I mean, you know what I mean? I just trying to figure things out. Man, the finals, bro. Figure it out. It's the finals. What are you doing? Figure it out. Because it's Golden State. You don't yeah. figure it out. They will expose you. And Clay is not going to keep missing shots. He, I'm telling you, these games coming up, Clay mm. Thompson is going to erupt. He's going to hit by a game. He hit by seven, eight threes. Clay, he hit seven, yeah. eight threes in a game with Steph. And Jordan Poole can stay consistent. That is it. It is a wrap. So Boston better get on their P's and Q's and play better. They have to. They have to. And Jason Tatum... So when it comes to his game, I like how he's he's improved as a passer, right? He's been able to get other teammates involved. But as you mentioned before, he has to find ways to get that right balance down packed. You have to find ways to say, okay, when I have guys like Steph Curry, I, to be honest, nobody on that team can guard him. Maybe the best defender is Draymond, but we know Draymond can't guard Jason Tatum. Thanks. So come on, like, you have to find ways to pick out your matchups and take the ball and score the ball when you have these guys on you. They don't have any great defenders. And that's his problem sometimes because their main defensive adjustment is going to be trying to stop Jason Tatum from going off, Jalen Brown going off, and then when it comes down to the double teams and then the skip passes kicking it out to their three-point shooters, we know that they're not going to have these kind of great games again from the three. So get a good contestant, you're good. That's a great defensive possession. But Jason Tatum, he has to find ways to be able to be consistently attacking the rim, attacking the basket, and get other teammates involved through that way but not just finding ways to just ultimately pass the ball whenever you get a double team. You know, that's not good enough. Get the double team more consistently, and then you pass the ball. So that, that to me, is the biggest thing when it comes to Boston. And ultimately, I like the idea of Klay Thompson playing much better because <laughs> he has played he not played, that great so far. He's played horrible. He's played horrible. He's played, he's played pretty bad, he if I'm being honest. He can't play no worse when he's been playing. He can't. He can't. And – I wanted Clay Thompson to take more shots in game two. Now, he did that. He had 14 shots in game one. He had 19 in game yeah, two. 19 in game two. Oh, he, he played trash in game two, right? <laughs> yes. But 
I, I like the idea of him getting going because I saw that when it comes down to Jordan Poole getting going in game two because he had like about seven points. But that third quarter in the, in the game two was an eruption from him. And that last three was very, very, very much demoralizing to the Celtics at that point in time, even though they were getting blown out. So it's not impossible for these guys to get going because when you give these guys open looks and when they're consistently or have been consistently great this postseason, I don't really expect them to struggle for that long. So if you're Boston, you have to find ways to be better defensively, find ways to get over the screen and then look for the extra cutters because they had a lot of easy points last game because of the points in the paint. A lot of easy cuts, a lot of back doors that these guys were not seeing. And as a great defensive team, Ime Uduka has to get his guys in order to keep that in mind because that could get your series lost right there. Easy buckets in the paint like that, giving it to Kevon Looney and a guy who has returned and Gary Payton Jr., I mean Gary Payton II. That is a lot of easy buckets that you're just giving up because you're so focused on the first task. Get the first task down packed. And then we have to focus on the second task, which is make sure that we have cutters who are accounted for. But ultimately, Jason Tatum has to get his butt going, man, because this guy has to be a killer. And now all these Kobe posts, it's becoming a little bit annoying because I'm not seeing, like we said before, I'm not seeing the dog that you have or that you want to display that Kobe had, you know, when he was playing in these finals. So get that down, Pat, and they should have a better chance to win game three or four. But I'm still calling Warriors to win game three, though. Man, I agree. I'm gonna say that too about um about Boston. Two reasons by Clay and Boston. Well, first with Clay, I feel like at times he's he's trying to force shots that's not there, take mm. bad shots, bad yeah. intensive shots, and sometimes when he's open, he's trying to take so many bad shots. Yeah. Then when he's open, he's like, oh my god, I'm open. So so I feel like Clay is trying to rush things. It's like Clay, just 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 let it come to you. Just play a game. Take backdoor cuts. Get to the free throw line. Get in rhythm. Just let it come to you. Because I feel like he's trying to force shots that he's not. There's like, he, he's not in rhythm, but he's taking bad shots. And so really, that's, that's mentally. It's like, okay, I'm not in rhythm, so I'm going to force my way. No, don't force it. Just let it come because he's he taking bad contested shots. I'm like, Clay, mm-hmm. why are you shooting that shot? That's not a good shot. It's mm-hmm. like, let it come to you. And then with Boston... With Golden State, they're gonna do. They're trying to contain Tatum and Brown. So they're so they're gonna leave Smart open, Al Horford, uh, Derrick White. They're leaving those guys open, really, because Golden State feel like this. Y'all not finna shoot that way for and beat us like next Every three games, game? like far as y'all ain't even doing the whole game. Nah. Y'all may hit it two games, maybe three, two, but y'all not gonna do that and get four wins like that. Like, I mean, shooting like that. Yeah. So, I, me personally, I feel like they're going to have those shots, Horford. But at the same time, now I know Draymond, he's going to basically kind of, kind of, the like, the contest faster now and better. But I feel like they don't think they can make those shots every game and beat Golden State four wins times. That's how I feel like Golden State feels. But, 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 but me personally, I feel like this. Marcus Smart, what is he doing offensively? Because really, because really, versus your Miami Heat, he almost shot. He almost caused y'all to win that game. He kept shooting the ball, like going back to back, killing some shots. And hey. then y'all kept scoring the Heat. And Jimmy Butler, almost. I thought that shot was going down. I thought it was going down. If that shot would have went in, bro, 
That was gonna be it. They were gonna rock the whole state about the rock, and Boston couldn't overcome that. If y'all have took that lead with like twenty something seconds left in that game, we had three. With Butler, I said, bro, I I feel like if Butler make this shot, Boston done because they gonna be mentally gone. Like we up like thirteen points with five minutes left in the game, and we lost, or two minutes yeah. left in the game, we lost. Like that's it. But you know, I feel like Boston too. They're still learning. And that's why I picked Golden State to win this series because I just don't – it's like talent-wise, they're better than Golden State. But I feel like mentally-wise and decision-making, Golden State's going to make less mistakes. That's why I picked the Warriors to win this series because when you're trying to figure out how to win versus a team that's been there and done that, that's a difference because they know what not to do. With Boston, they're trying to figure things out. And so – because Rick – from the head coach to the players, they have no experience in the finals. Udoka, far as Tatum, Brian, the whole team, no experience. Golden State, Steve Curry been there. Steph Curry been there. Draymond, Clay, Looney. Of course, Golden State has players that's not been there either, but their main core has been there and done that. So they yeah. know what to do in these big moments. They do. I'm surprised. You said that Boston is a more talented team than Golden State. It's a I hard take, bro. You look like talent-wise, man. Talent-wise. You know, like talent-wise. Because think about Tatum. I mean, besides Steph Curry, their second-best player is Tatum. Third is Jalen Brown. Really, fourth, I would say, probably can argue, is Marcus Smart or Al Horford. Because, really, I love Draymond. Okay. But Marcus Smart, he can do something Draymond can't do. He can make shots. He's a better player offensively. Draymond can guard one through five, but talent-wise... Boston has a better talent than Golden State. Golden State, they have the pieces that fit perfect. We talking about talent-wise, different players. Mm. I feel like Boston has more players that's more talented. Not mean they're a better team, but talent-wise, I think okay. they have more guys that can do more than Golden State outside of Steph Curry because Klay Thompson, he's trying to play himself back to the old Klay. Because really this year, I told myself, I would give Clay a pass this year because whatever you get from Clay, that's good to get. Because really, yeah. I feel like next year when he has a whole summer to train and and kind of recover because the past two summers he's been rehabbing. So I I feel like people like Clay he's the same but he's the same Clay. I'm like y'all y'all pump the brakes. Mm. This man just came back in January of this year. He been off two years, mm. two years, like two years. In his prime, he yeah. didn't play. And so you got to give him time. I, I feel like people are so impatient. Like, yeah, you are. can't expect a guy to be his normal self in, like, four or five months. No. Let him get a whole summer to train and really get his body. And then next year, when he, when he had a full season to get himself right, I feel like we'll see that old Clay. But this year, whatever Clay is giving you, he that's good because dude giving you something. Because he's had moments where he's gotten hot and made, like, as far as big games. But just as far as being consistent, he's not there yet. But I feel like in this series, he can give you two great games. Yeah. Games you need him. He can get, like, two big games. Like, save, save us a game six. Game, game six, Clay. Six play. <laughs> game seven, Clay can get hot. Or game five, like, he's going to be big in one of these pivotal games that they're going to need him. Because say if it's a game with Steph Curry cold for a bit, 
Clayton get hot and keep him in the game because we've seen him do it. You know, so hopefully Clay can get hot at the right time. And so is he. And Draymond, Draymond. Draymond is Draymond. He's the glue. He, he talking smack, do what he always do. But I'm going to say this, Eddie. Give me your thoughts on this. Draymond Green been in the league for like 10 years. I think about 10 years. Love Draymond Green. Love him. Love his love his mindset, his heart, his all that, his grit. But he will be so much better if he had an offensive game. If Draymond Green could give you 12 to 13 points a game, along with what he can already can do, and make perimeter shots, do you know much how better Golden State to be? Because really, with how they play, because Draymond gonna be open the whole time. If Draymond had a had a had a pretty much a really good th- a three ball game, you couldn't do nothing with him because because mm-hmm. really all the shots he getting gonna be wide open because Stephen Clay getting all the attention to Jordan Poole. So now if Draymond can shoot the ball and have some kind of arsenal offensively scoring the ball, man, Golden State would be even harder to beat. But Draymond can't score. He does everything else but score the ball. And really, if he could score, he'll be so much better, in my opinion. There's no denying that he would be a much better player and that Golden State would be a better team if Draymond were to improve upon his offensive game. Um, because he does have some range. I mean, like it's not the best, obviously, but he has some range to at least stretch out that that big, that five that's guarding him. Um, but ultimately, I respect Draymond for the simple fact that He's he so doesn't focus on scoring, right? Like, you know, same thing with Ben Simmons, I guess you could say, but not really the same kind of case. But Draymond, he's focused on getting his best shooters open and making the team go. That's his flashback biggest Flashback moment for a second. Flashback moment. Is that, what's that? 2016 season. He averaged 14 points a game. He shot 39% from three that year. Mm. Game seven versus the Cavs, mm-hmm. Draymond dropped 32 points. He went off. That's the Draymond I'm talking about because he's done this before. So I'm looking like, what are you doing the past couple of years? Like your, like, like your shot just went away because he could, you could shoot the ball that year. He yeah. shot great that year. 39 from three, Draymond Green was, he had an offensive a game like you could shoot the ball. That's why I said he's done it before in the past. It's just the past couple of years, it's like, what are you doing to a shot? Where it went? It's funny. I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I think it comes down to the more talent that they have when it comes to shooting. Because now they didn't, I mean, they had KD. Obviously, they had Steph. They had Klay Thompson. But now they have K. I mean, Steph, Klay uh, Thompson, Jordan Poole, and Andrew Wiggins, who also tr- stretches that perimeter. So now he's focused on saying, okay, I'm going to get my guys the ball because we have good to great shooters all around the court. And for the most part, when it comes down to these pin downs or these off the ball screens, these teams can't really guard us. So they don't have a plan that guard us that can be efficient to stop us, which is why he had all this confidence about, oh, we're going to be fine in game two. We're going to be fine in this series because we know that we dominated them. We dominated Boston throughout the whole entire first game. We just let one quarter slip away from us. But I do like his heart, his leadership, his characteristics of trying to be aggressive and trying to have the intensity and just being the bad guy like you mentioned before. Ultimately, though, I think that he can develop that offensive game if he were to go to a different team. But for right now, what he's doing for the Golden State Warriors is working perfectly. And that's why I don't think he's overrated. People want to say he's overrated. I don't think he's overrated at all. I love him. Because he does his job. He he does his job. You know, he's a great defender, a good rebounder. He's a great passer. Um, And ultimately, when it comes down to the buckets that he needs to score, 
like the and ones, him over here flexing and all that great stuff. Oh, yeah, he does it. He does it. He I goes ahead a, a one free here and there. He's not going to be able to take three threes a game, but maybe twice he hit one of them. That's good enough. I agree. He's a, I love him. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer to me because his value, what he's done on the court. So Draymond's always been that guy. He's the glue to go to state of Harden. So I feel like they ain't got Draymond. They have zero titles. Draymond is Draymond. Oh, yeah. You got to have him there. He's very important. And so, important. but hey, but Golden State, Golden State. And really, uh, this series going to be a great series. Um, this will be a great one. You know, um, now, now I'm going to say this. If, if the Boston Celtics win this game and like, you know, and they're a young team and they find a way to beat Golden State, they will be here, beat Brooklyn, beat the Bucks. Even though Chris Middleton didn't play, they yeah. still beat them. Beat your heat, you know. And I feel like y'all had some injuries, but still, though. And and said they beat the Warriors. Would this be like the, the new young dynasty, the Celtics? Because mm. they got a 24-year-old Tatum, a 25-year-old Brown. They have a whole cast of young players. Uh, would they be the new dynasty, you feel like, if they won this finals in like, in like next year and years going on for it? It's a good shout. I think they, they possibly could be. I never had that thought before. We look at the whole entire pieces and you say people were calling for Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown to be broken up and separated. That hasn't worked out because they're in the finals. Uh, they have a new young head coach, Ime Uduka. Um, but it comes down to what the front office will do to put pieces around these guys to continue to build. But, yes, I will say that they have had a blend of some veteran presence in Al Horford and Marcus Smart, I don't think he's that young either. Uh, you know, and Derek White was a good trade for them. But it would be a, a new young dynasty if they were to win this series against the Warriors. But the Warriors have great experience, great talent, great head coach, great organization. So if you do all that and you find a way to overcome all of that in the finals, the biggest moment, right? And we had all these conversations about whether or not Jason Tatum was that guy, whether or not he was a superstar. If he does that, he proves himself this finals. Oh yeah, they, they might be crowned as the new dynasty or the new young dynasty potentially moving forward because you know Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, those guys have formed a great one-two punch this league has seen so far this season. Um, and if you continue to build around them and give them the pieces to make it work and continue that great excellence, then yes, they they would be crowned that 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 new young dynasty. That'll be special, man. Now go to state one. Go to state one. Won their fourth title in the last six years. You know, if they win this year, do you think they have a better shot going back next year? Because next year, they'll have Jane Wyden back. And then those young troops they have, they'll have experience now to go along with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. And then they make an ad, like a more pieces. Like, do you feel like if they won this year, could they go back next year and win again? Or have a good shot to win maybe least one more championship oh yeah this year oh yeah most definitely the good thing about this year is that every season is different as we can tell so no team is going to be the same next season so there will be a little bit more tougher road to get past when it comes to like the nuggets for example jamal murray and michael porter jr those guys are going to be healthy um not sure what the lakers are going to do next season you know all these other teams i'm sure the, the mavericks will find ways to at least give luca a better chance all that great stuff but ultimately, 
it's still scary that going into next season, they're going to have a young player who showed some good flashes last season in James Wiseman. People forget that Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody have not gotten that much playoff experience when it comes to like the minutes. And when they have gotten into the game, they've been seemingly productive. So if they get more experience and they continue to grow into their game, they're going to be much trouble to handle next season because we've already seen Jordan Poole and what he's been able to be uh, uh, impact for the game for them. So, yes, it's going to be tough for any West team to try and overcome them regardless of how much they strengthen because James Wiseman, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, even keeping Gary Payton the second is a good option for them too. And the increasing confidence of Jordan Poole to go along with your star players and Draymond and Steph and Clay. Clay was going to be rehabbing as well too and getting him up, up to speed and, and getting his shots up. That's going to be great. You have all that under one of the best coaches in history and Steve Kerr. Yes, they will definitely have a chance to go back to the finals next season. Yeah, I agree, man. I feel like right now with the West, you don't know what's going to happen. But I feel like if they win this year, they'll have a better shot on the next year because really the West will be tougher because you will have Kawhi back, PG back, the Clippers. I feel like they're one of the favorites next year, in my opinion, because really they have every piece you need. Yeah. And, and they have a new stadium, I believe, in Eaglewood, California, the Clippers. And then mm. you got the Nuggets, Jamal Murray, Porter be back next year. Of course, you got the Grizzlies, who they when they're healthy, they are a team that's very hard to beat with John Morant and that great supporting cast. Young team, young and feisty, and have a, a whole bunch of swagger. Then you have, of course, you have the Pelicans, Zion back next year. They they really surprised me this year. The Pelicans are a good team with Ingram, McCollum, and Zion coming back, and they got a young coach too. Man, the West is so loaded now. Utah. Don't know what's going to happen because yeah. I feel like Mitchell or Gobert, one of those two players, will be gone next year. I feel like, me personally, I feel like Donovan Mitchell, your guy. Well, I mean, not your guy, but I feel like he's going to your heat. As you my opinion, so? I feel like the Heat, they should do it. Trade Tyler Hero. Trade some pieces away. Get rid of them players. Get draft picks. Get Mitchell here. Get Donovan Mitchell to go on like Butler and Bam out of Bayou, and you you know keep those young guys that can play defense. Add some more shooters; they'll be great. Add some more size because I feel like the Heat they lack size to a degree. They need like an athletic four or five to help Bam out of Bayou to help them out. Like, like come off the bench, bring some energy because I feel like Bam he's not that big. He's like six nine, so I feel like they need someone like a six eleven, seven feet that can really play defense. And make and be a banger, be a block shot, be a present to help Bam out. Mm. But I feel like the Miami Heat will land. I'm saying this right now. Donovan Mitchell going to the Heat. This is what you calling? I'm calling it right now. Mm. Donovan Mitchell going to the Heat. I feel I feel it because really he's already said the team he wanted to go to. He said the Heat or the Hawks. It's interest. Heat or the Hawks. Atlanta with Trey Young. That ain't gonna really do nothing. I mean, my opinion. They still won't be a very good team. You probably in the deep playoff run. The Heat It's Miami, bro. It's South Beach. It's the it's the beach. It's the weather. The women, all that. And then you got an experienced president, Pat Riley, Mickey Harrison, and then you have Eric Spoelstra, who's been there and done that. Coach great players who could really mold Milton to be a better player. And then Jimmy Butler and how his mindset is, I feel like they'll be a good tandem. 
And with Bam out of Bayou, I feel like the Heat, they, they need to get Mitchell, let let top hero go. Hero's a good player, won six men of the year, great. But in the playoffs, his play decreased. Before he got hurt, he wasn't doing much. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest here. Yeah. You know, I feel like the Heat has the assets to do it. Man, Butler getting older. So why not get Mitchell, 24, 25, 26 years old, to really help aging Butler out? But Butler's 30, like 32, 33. So why not get a younger star or superstar to go alongside Butler and bam? That'll be a good big three that can get back in the mix and win the East next year. I mean, see what happens. Because the East next year, Giannis coming back, Middleton, they'll be healthy, Philly, they may do something, you know, don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, the, the Celtics right now, they're in the mix the next couple of years. So Miami Heat got to do something. Hey, I'm not mad at that uh, that that trade at all. To be honest, I do like Tyler Hero a lot, though. But I'm trying to win a championship. So. He's not Mitchell, though. He's not Mitchell. He's not Mitchell at all. So I, I get that. You know, if, if it comes down to getting Mitchell and giving away Tyler Hero, I would do it. I don't want to give away too many pieces because I don't want to oh, be yeah, like definitely. the Nets. But you know? really uh, – but you know, with getting a player like Mitchell, Hero has to go. Oh, like, yeah. it's part of the game. Yeah. He has to go because they ain't training. They ain't training Bam and Butler. I mean, because Bam is rebounding, defense is pressure. You need Bam. They get, we got to have him. Then yeah. with Butler, you need Butler go. So, I mean, got to be Hero. It's got to be him. Got to I mean, be. It, it's just part of the business. He, he has to go to get him. Like, that's how it goes. You know, because I heard something about New York with Stephen A. Smith being yeah. Nick. Being Nick for what? What's in New York? What's, <laughs> in, New York what? with, what's in New York besides big fat rats <laughs> walking down the street? What's in New York, Yo. man? But let's be honest here. He did not go to no Knicks. Do not go to New York Knicks. Wow, that would be a worse the man, situation crazy. to be real. No, he need to go. Why are you some... the Knicks fans like that for, man? That's man, crazy, sorry, man. man. New York Come ain't going to do nothing, man. Not the Knicks. <laughs> The Knicks ain't gonna do nothing. I'm sorry, but the, of course you ain't Jersey. You ain't far from New York. But I'm saying this right now. He should not be a Nick. That's in my opinion. They're not gonna win nothing because even with him being there, who we playing with? You playing with an aging Dead Rose? You got Kimball Walker. Who you got? You got um. Uh, you got the boy from um Atlanta. Forgot his name. Oh, Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish. He don't even play. And who like because really get like say with New York they I would have traded R.J. Barrett because he's really the I mean the best player you got to trade that has some assets for it. so I mean who are you gonna play with I mean of course it's New York yes but what's there nothing Stephen A. Smith is biased towards his Knicks just saying love Stephen A. I love you Stephen A. but Stephen A. no mental don't be a Nick please I'm begging you don't be a Nick yeah. I agree. I I don't think that the, the, their peak would be just trying to be like a good regular season to playoff team. Um, if going back to Miami Heat, I don't think about the Knicks, but going back to Miami Heat, I think that would work out. I'm just worried about how the fit would be because all throughout his whole entire career so far, Donovan Mitchell has been the guy. Well, well, respectfully, he's been the guy. He has to be the guy, right? Nice. But he has to now learn to come in and share that role with Jimmy Butler and sometimes Ben Adebayo. I wonder how he's going to be able to adjust. I think he probably will adjust because if he's he coming here to win a championship, like you have to be able to take a back seat at yeah, some he time. Franchise, they will mold him. They yeah. will really, hey, this is how we roll things. This is not uh, Utah. This you is know? Miami. 
and they, and they have the players and the people that have that pedigree that he mm-hmm. would listen to. Yeah, because yeah. it's Pat Riley. This is Pat Riley. Yeah, Why would I listen to Pat Riley? Then with Eric Sports, who coached LeBron James, coached Dwayne Wade, coach Shaq. I mean, what well, Shaq with Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Chris Bosh, championship, coach great players. Ray why would I, why would I not listen to him? Then with with UD there, he gonna bet definitely put you in check. You oh, know, yeah. you know what I'm saying. So I feel like um, that that'll be a good fit for him because he needs to be held accountable. I feel like the Miami Heat they will hold him accountable. They will really make him a better player defensively and offensively. Mm. And Miami got to play defense. Yeah, he got gotta to play defense. Got to. All I'm that just offense not gonna work because the past couple years he ain't played no defense. Like they gotta play defense, Miami, because Butler exposure this franchise they will hold you combo or playing mm. because playing. Of course, great offense matters, but defense win championships. Defense. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So if it's, if it's any place that can mold him, it probably would be Miami or maybe another organization. I'm not too sure. But, yeah, I think it definitely could work. I think it definitely could work. Um, Mitchell, he's a guy that wants to win, right? He wants to win. I'm not sure if he's going to win in Utah, especially since Quinn Snyder just not. left. Like, that's not going to happen anymore at this point. Um, but yeah. if he if he finds a way to to take the advice that's given to Eric Spolstra, and we can't forget – the ties from him and Dwayne Wade to Dwayne Wade to Jimmy Butler, like that's going to be a great connection I that you want to have going to the Miami Heat, right? That Good. mentorship, a guy that has done it before in this culture that can lead these two guys. We've already seen what he's been able to do with Jimmy Butler and how he's been able to be a, a seamless fit for this Miami Heat organization. I think it, it could be the same thing for Donovan Mitchell if he does come over here. Um, and if he does, best believe I'm going to talk all my smack next year because we're going back. We're going back. We're gonna. We have some unfinished business that we need to handle next season if it does happen. But yeah, either way, got a good shot, man. Got we a got good a good shot. shot. Either way, I'm still like, gonna be okay. You know. Yeah, man. I definitely feel like y'all can add a few more pieces and now really get that experience. Y'all got that experience now. Now I feel like uh, I think next year with Kyle Lowry, need to lose his weight, lose about ten pounds. Yeah. And you got you got a light Tucker. They got those two young. There was two young players that started. I forgot their names. There were like two rookies, I think, undrafted rookies that started. Yeah, last. yeah, Gabe, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess. Those great guys. players. You got to keep those pieces. They're great defensively, and then they make big shots. And so yeah. they play both sides of the ball. Yeah. So I feel like you got to keep those two players. And, and and me personally, why would you pay Duncan Robinson nine nine for five? <laughs> why would you pay him that much why money? Why would you pay him that much money? Come on, man. Him. Why? So I feel like with him, this offseason, trade him, get that contract out your locker room, get it out of there. Because really, why would you pay somebody all that money and don't play him? That's why would you me. pay him all that money who can't dribble? Can't Ask dribble. that question. He's a spot-up shooter. I feel like take him somewhere else, a team that may take that contract, I, I don't know. I feel like a good fit for him, Robertson, be 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 with my Lakers. Lake, Lakers, but, Lakers. But with the contract, I don't know. But the Lakers really because my team needs shooting. Yeah, we need shooting right now, and having player shooting and spacing because we got Russell Westbrook and LeBron in the AD. No spacing between those players. I uh, seen the press conference yesterday with uh, Darwin Ham. We got him. I had never heard heard of Darwin Ham until he came a Lakers head coach. So shout out to Darwin Ham. I seen his background, coach some great players, Milwaukee, couple teams. I didn't know he played with with the 04 Pistons back in 04 when they beat like in the championship. Yeah. You know, so uh, hey, 
my Lakers, we need something. So what's going to happen? We don't know. But, hey, man, um, appreciate my boy Eddie coming back on the show. My guy knows the sports. Always got the stuff going on. Podcast, Game Breakers. I love watching it. Love hearing it. Him and his man Will put in work all the time. My man, Eddie, man, got any more you want to say to the fans, man? Yeah, man, continue grinding, guys. Yo, my guy Chris J does this, man, for a living. So one day he's going to get paid the big bucks for this. But I just know it's a process, it's a journey, and the grind is going to keep on going. But, man, tune into Game Breakers as well, too. Tune into every MBS writer and podcaster and host because we do a lot of great work over here. But, yeah, man, I'm so glad to be back on the show. I cannot wait for the next time to get back on Shut Up and Listen, man. Save man, next time I need to come on your show, Game Breakers, man. Oh, yeah. Y'all bring the heat all the time and y'all drop nothing but facts and nuggets. <laughs> definitely, man. Definitely, for sure. <laughs> the nuggets. Y'all, nuggets. Y'all drop, forget no. facts. Y'all drop nuggets. Y'all just drop them all the time, man. Y'all just drop niggas like McDonald's. Just dropping them, dropping them, dropping them. He just, yeah. you know, doing what y'all always doing. But people... Y'all heard Eddie, my man, my brother. We love y'all people. Have a blessed day. Be out. Peace.